Hey, uh, it's good to see you guys this morning. Oh, there's a couple of people here today. We're out, kind of out of seats, aren't we? That's kind of good. Well, uh, I guess you all figured out how to get into the parking lot. Uh, so uh, we are uh, thankful, for, thankful for our parking team and helping with that. And thankful for you guys and thankful that we can't get into the parking lot the way we usually do. So we're, we're happy about that too. So pretty exciting stuff. Um, a couple things just to make mention uh, of is uh, obviously that's going to be going on for a while. Uh, and so uh, I'm, I'm told that there will probably come a moment at some point where we might have a drive back during the project. Uh, so if there is, there is. If there isn't, there isn't. You've seen how to get in, hopefully. Uh, we are, let me just to go ahead and say this, we are asking uh, that uh, when, especially for first service, when you leave, do not try to go out uh, the new entrance here in the middle of the hedge, okay? Uh, we're, we're trying to get people to come in that way for sure, uh, but that is, that's a very small street. So, you know, we don't, and we don't want people like driving over in the neighbor's yards and stuff. We're already, we've already been kind of wondering like, do the, are the neighbors going to hate us or, you know, what's going on? So we, we, want, we want to be good neighbors, uh, and so uh, just come in that way. Don't try to go out that way because of the, uh, the width of the street there. Uh, and you can, if you didn't know, you can go out right back here around the building by City Hall, and uh, that'll get you out. And uh, we, we appreciate you understanding uh, all that uh, as uh, our little project is going on. Um, so uh, today uh, we are starting a new series. Uh, a lot of things going on. Go Titans, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, I'm going I'm to let Ben share announcements at the end instead of me trying to roll out through uh, several of them uh, today, but uh, I needed to at least say that. Uh, but today we're starting a new series on Colossians, um, and uh, he'll probably make mention of this. We've got these little books that you can get uh, that we should have at the front desk. Um, we only ordered so many of them because we didn't know how many of you would actually want them, want to buy them. They're literally just a few bucks, um, and it's like a little... A little thing with Colossians in there with the scripture, and then room to write notes beside it. And so we we thought we thought it'd be awesome to offer that. Uh, if you would like to get one, uh, you can do so and take notes on messages as we're going through the series. Uh, and you may say, "Oh, I missed the first week." Well, write notes today on your worship guide or whatever, and then uh, you know, and then uh, uh, go get the book, and then you can rewrite your notes in the first page or whatever. Okay, it's not that big a deal. It's the first week. It's going to last till the summertime. Okay, the hot season. Okay, so we, we've got a minute, and uh, you know we'll, we'll all get there together. But uh, uh, but yeah, we're we're going to be going through the book of Colossians. A couple things I, I think worth noting about uh, the book of Colossians uh, is um, this is this is Paul, and we see the apostle Paul. He writes many letters, and we have many of his letters to churches in the New Testament, which make up books of the New Testament, such as books like Ephesians, which was. Uh, you know the book, at, the book, the church at Ephesus. That was to the church at Ephesus. Another letter that he wrote was uh, Philippians, which uh, is to the church at Philippi. And so, you know, several of these books that we have are actually letters that he wrote to churches. Uh, and even and even the letters to Timothy we have as First and Second Timothy. And so, uh, you you go along through here, and you've got some specific things. Uh, you know kind of coming at some specific needs for the people in those churches. Uh, and so I think, I think that's worth noting for us, especially as we're starting this book, to kind of have some background. Uh, basically, 
you know, we've got, we've got this whole book surrounding this church, so to speak, uh, but obviously uh, it's is part of what we have as God's Word, so it's, it's, it's good for all of us. Uh, but one of the things that was going on was this was, you've you got to think, this was, a, this was a young church. This was a new church. This was a, this was a new work that was happening. And so, you know, last week, if you weren't here, last week we celebrated uh, 15 years together uh, of doing this, which is pretty awesome. Uh, in fact, we, and we had our groundbreaking outside. I didn't make, mean to make mention of if you want to get, if you missed last week and you want to get one of the cups, we have some more of the cups also at the, uh, the deal out there where you can go outside and scoop up a little dirt uh, or whatever to take with you. It's just something to remind you to pray and set it on your nightstand or wherever you want to put it. Um, up to you if you want to give cups of dirt to your kids. Uh, that's all on you. Uh, but uh, don't call me mad. Uh, but, um, you know, with, with this, you know, with the thought of 15 years ago, we were a new church, young church, and to be honest with you, by uh, all standards, you know, there's still a lot of people that would say that 24 is, is still a young church, is still a newer church, 15 years old. Uh, I mean, you know, 15 years, years old uh, in the life of us today, I mean, like, our, our church basically just got its permit, Right. You know, and so like we're we're taking we're taking it down to the DMV in Springfield and taking that picture by the fence that everybody makes. You know, everybody gets that same picture by, by that old fence. Man, they should really they should, they're really missing advertising opportunities down there. Maybe we should see if we could get a sign put on that fence. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, so you know the the idea here uh, in this particular moment, you know, Paul. And a lot of the ministry of Paul that was happening at this moment in time uh, was coming from things that Paul was teaching, uh, you know, missionary journey stuff that Paul was doing. Uh, Paul helped start some new churches. We see some of these other guys helping start new churches, including one of the guys that we're going to talk about here today uh, in this passage. And so, you know, Paul didn't start the church at Colossae, which is where uh, this church is. Uh, but he was instrumental in one of the guys that would go on to be a part of helping to start and teach at the church at Colossae. And again, we'll, we'll talk about him in a minute. His name is Epaphras. Uh, and, uh, and this guy, you know, probably a student of Paul, probably learned a lot from Paul, has now come back to Paul and is like sharing some of the things that are going on. Well, the, the, the book of Colossians the letter to the church at Colossae is this letter, it is this book that is in large part trying to set the stage for them to understand a couple of key things theologically that Paul is afraid that they're getting sideways on. In fact, it's not that he thinks they're getting sideways on it. There's reason for him to believe it because of Epaphras coming back and telling him, hey, we've got some issues. Now, here's the funny thing. The book never actually says, we never actually know exactly what it is that they're, you know, maybe false, some kind of false teaching or somebody leading them astray over here with some kind of uh, religious mumbo jumbo or mysticism or, uh, you know, whatever. And there's, man, there's tons of all kinds of that stuff, as you can imagine, at that point in time. So, I mean, it could have been any number of these things. But whatever it was, a large part of what the book of Colossians is about is about Paul trying to make sure that they know who Jesus is. Now, if you noticed, we named this, Who is Jesus? Who am I? And so a lot of what you're going to see throughout the book of this uh, 
uh, as we study through Colossians together, is you're going to see Paul trying to help them to understand who Jesus is, and in turn, what does that mean about who we are? And today is no different uh, as Paul sets the stage. And so today we're actually just studying the greeting, okay? We're just studying the greeting of the, of, of the book today. Uh, but even in that, Paul is dropping like theological truth bombs all over it, and so we're going we're gonna to go through this together uh, as we do, and, uh, and hopefully it is good. Uh, there's one more thing that I want to do today, though. There's one more thing that I wanted to do, and I felt like I felt like was appropriate, being that uh, we are studying about a young church, uh, a new church. Uh, I, you know, we have several churches that we uh, help uh, sponsor, that we help uh, give to, and that kind of thing. And uh, one of those churches uh, is is pastored by a friend of mine whose name is Russell Stamfield. And Russell was a youth pastor here in the state of Tennessee. Uh, and we used to work camp together, so we've got like stories on each other for days, and have roomed together, and you know done all kinds of things at camp we weren't supposed to be doing. I mean, just as as leaders, not that leaders ever do that kind of stuff, but you know, and uh, but you know, I mean, just just had tons of fun together, have uh, have lived lived a, lived a lot of life together, you could say, and done a lot of ministry together. Russell several years ago really started struggling with the thought and the calling, if you will that God might lead him to plant a church. He began talking with me. I remember us riding around late at night at camp, going to grab wings or something late, and, and he's just like rattling off the mouth, and he's, he's nervous as all get out to even be bringing it up because like sometimes when you bring that kind of stuff, it's like, oh, no, if I bring it up, it's going to be reality or something, you know? And so we're talking through all this stuff. Well, anyway, he, he, he went with that, felt led that God was calling he and his family to move, back to Texas, which is where he's from, uh, and for him to, and for they to plant a church in Austin, Texas. And so uh, if you guys are cool with it, I want to I call Russ, uh, and we're, we got, you got a problem with that? We're going to call Russ, we're going to put him on speakerphone, and uh, I, I, just, I, I just thought for just a second, you guys, part of what you give is helping church planters like Russ and I'm hoping that you'll be able to hear this over my mic here or whatever. Yeah, you should hear that. Uh, but uh, I thought it'd be good for us to be able to just hear from him for a minute and to pray for him too. What's up? Hey, man. What's going on? Not much, man. How are you doing? Man, I'm good. I, I was just uh, telling the whole church here. I've got you on speakerphone. Uh, I was just telling uh, the whole church here about like the most embarrassing possible things I could come up with about you from Super Summer. Oh, man. Uh, hopefully you didn't tell him I pooped my pants or anything, because I'd do that. <laughs> oh, see, you already beat me to it. I was going to be like, you're not on the pod Damn. or anything, are you? So, yeah. So when, you know, that away. When, when you start off life knowing each other as youth pastors, everything is, all, you know, there's nothing that's off the, off the page. So. No. <laughs> um, well, hey, um, you know, uh, you doing okay? Yes. Good. Yeah, just uh, gearing up for service. We have, we start at ten thirty. Start at ten thirty. Uh, yeah, we'll have a, uh, a house full and um, meet in our house right now and uh, grow our team. It's uh, it's been good. Uh, we have a whole lot of people who who need to know Christ in our group. And right. So we that, that is uh, something we constantly pray about. You guys actually a lot of you guys uh, praying for a bunch of men that I have uh, involved in my life that I'm praying come to know Christ, so I appreciate that. 
And I'm sure Ben could share that with anybody who wanted to pray for, for our men who need Jesus. Welcome to the service, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Penny, Penny. Hey, Penny just walked in and sat down and is like, is that Russ? Penny, Penny, show up on time when I'm in service. <laughs> oh, Come on, man. You, you just got dissed from Texas. Hey, uh, CJ needs you to call me back, too, by the way. Have you guys succeeded yet, <laughs> by the way? Never mind. Don't, don't answer that. I moved here. Hoping. <laughs> I love Tennessee, though. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Many, 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 many special memories here, my friends. Oh yeah. Um. So you guys, you guys are meeting in your home right now. Um. Uh-huh. You meet every Sunday. Uh, tell tell us just real quick, like, uh, tell us kind of like what's what's going on as far as like. I know you kind of have like a, a vision of kind of what you're trying to lead people in right now, yeah. uh, which can be challenging when you, uh, you guys have a lot of non-believers, I think. We do. Um, so we're, we're learning on the fly, really. Um, so we've, we've been meeting in our house for a while, uh, for about three, two or three months. Okay. Uh, and just walking through Acts and uh, uh, just trying to learn what it means to be a follower and what the church looks like. Um, and so we walk through 30 minutes of scripture. We just really, we do it the lazy way. We let the YouTube version read it to us because um, we have a lot of new believers. Right. And so I, they all are like, eh, I don't want to read. And, and for me to read is just boring. So uh, we let that read and they love it. I, but, I, um, I do that with my guys in a Bible study on Tuesday night too. We're, we're, yeah, all lazy, we're all lazy as well. So If you don't have the version app and you're sitting in service right now, just go ahead and download it. Uh, while you listen to me, but uh, it's good stuff. It'll help incre- increase your spiritual journey. Thanks, thanks for uh, us. I'm going to have people like trying to play that bam. along with me reading it as I go now. So. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, and then we cast vision for for uh, a little bit. We also have a children's moment. Uh, I have a six and a nine year old. My six year old uh, straight fire all the time. So it's uh, uh, it's it's a handful all the time. He's a PK. Uh, God bless him. But, um, you know, we cast vision for what we're going to do in the future. You know, we want our people to live missional lives uh, to, uh, in their neighborhood, their work, their play, every place that they're at, be looking for moments where they can share Jesus with others. Right. Um, and it doesn't have to be a gospel track. It just is, this is Jesus in my life. And so we talk that a lot. Um, we're going to go through a series with um, Michael Frost and called Bells. We're walking right now and it's just bless people eat with people learn jesus listen to jesus and then continue to do it and our it's, it's challenging at times because we have a whole lot of people who are who are, are not believers but they right. come every week um and it's a safe place for them to come and and learn and, and hang out um and build community and, and they're growing in their their knowledge of jesus so we're praying that they come to know christ and it's a it's an easy safe place for them to be uh, but but with that, you know, I always kind of kind of is reading X what we need to do. We, you know, we're, you're always how do we get them to the next level? And right. a lot of times that's just prayer and consistency. So, um, uh, real fast. I mean, why 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 did you plant a church, man? Man, well, um, that's that's a fun answer, but. Um, uh, and you know my story, it took forever, but I just was just, man, just wanted to radically obey. I wanted to, I started out just in my own life with, I don't know, my neighbors, and 
I need to know my neighbors. So I started praying that God would would help me uh, be bold, bolder about meeting people, and and that just built put a, a spiritual revival in my life that my wife and I just said, hey, we, we've got to plant. We've got to plant a church because it's the most evangelistic tool um, that that it is. Because you guys probably know that as you plant more churches and you have planted yourself, uh, the, the people who are not believers that are easier to step into to a, a situation like that than, than it is at First Baptist. No offense to First Baptist, but, but it's just harder to, to walk into. And so, right. We, we started praying obedience, and uh, we, we felt like God had called us to plan the planning of, of a church through through the gospel and put that out in a, in a place of the area all over the world, the nation. Looked at a couple places and felt like Austin was where we needed to be. And, um, so we moved here and man, uh, slowly built into life, just building relationships. Um, on the ground and, and uh, making friends and finding where people aren't uh, believing out of, at, at those places and finding places that my family could serve in. Well, you, um, and so, and you know, you you said you said already. Um, you know, you, you guys have a lot of non-believers that are a part part of part of your church, part of your ministry now, and. and uh, you and I both know there's there's a lot of churches today that would love that would love to say that they could get some of those folks to come to their church, um, and so uh, I mean kudos kudos to you guys uh, for listening to the Lord, being obedient, uh, picking up and moving moving not not just moving moving your family. Uh, that's that's a big deal. You got I think we may have a picture. Um, we may not. I don't know. They're, I know they were trying to figure that out, um, but. Um, that's, uh, yeah, here's Russ and his family. That's Susan, and we've got, what, Lila and Levi, is that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Levi's running through the house in a red shirt and a blue tie, so. Um, it's uh, Mansion City today. Oh, okay. <laughs> why, why, you, like why, should, hair, why is your kid wearing a tie, Russ? And he, we went to a wedding last night, so. Oh, okay. Dude, dude likes to dress up. That's right, that's right. workout shorts and a t-shirt, so. Um, I, I want I want us to pray for you. Um, now, Russ sent us this week, um, and he didn't know I was going to do this this week, but Russ sent actually to Ben this week, and we shared in staff meeting uh, a list of names with uh, one individual person. I'm not going to name their names right now, but um, uh, four, uh, three families, three different families, and one individual person uh, that we could be praying for together. Uh, and we prayed for them in staff meeting, but I thought it'd be great for us to pray uh, this morning. Uh, Russ, is there anything else uh, specific that we could just pray for you guys about? Na- and the name, well, name of your you church know, is Hope City Church, right? Hope City Church, and yeah, I'm by myself, so you can mention those men and those families. But um, Well, this, this is Facebook Live, too, so. Oh, hey, Facebook Live. Um, well, uh, my, my brother, uh, you can you, you guys prayed for, for, him, for me and my family and my church on Wednesday. We learned my brother's really sick yeah. um, and uh, Wednesday, and so he, he's Just in Dallas. Right out this I've been with him a lot this this week, and uh, so on Wednesday, and we're walking through that. He he just since Facebook Live, it's uh, he's sick, so yeah, um, yeah. you can share that. We his will. name is Danny. Would love for you to pray for his healing um, and just our families. We walk through that with him. He's 38, and has uh, an eight and a ten year old married, and uh, so 
Uh, okay. I'd love for you to join me in that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Those, those men. Uh, so we've got four families that we can pray for. We've got Russ's brother. We've got Russ's family and their church, uh, what God is calling them to. Uh, Russ, let's, if it's okay with you, can we just pray right now? I'd love it. All right, I'm going to pray for us. God, I lift up this family to you right now. I lift up Susan, uh, as I know that this is probably not easy at times on her. Uh, I lift up uh, Levi and Lila, and uh, God, just uh, as they grow up, uh, not just in a pastor's home, but a church planner's home, and uh, all the things that that entails, and sharing literally your home all the time, and all those things. God, I just, I just lift up this family. God, just protect them and guide them through this. God, I lift up Russ's brother, Danny, uh, with what he has going on, some, some very serious medical um, things. God, be with him, be with doctors and nurses as they tend to him, be with their whole family uh, as they're wrapping their minds around what's going on right now. Um, God, may, may you be the rock uh, for that family, for him. May they trust in you completely and fully. Uh, to know that this is all part of a plan that you have. Um, God, just work, work through that. Uh, Lord, I, I lift up these families, these four families, individual too, that, uh, uh, that uh, Lord, don't know you, but that uh, Russ and this church, uh, the Gospel City Church, are ministering to and uh, sharing Jesus with. God, we pray for their salvation. We pray that they would come to an understanding of who you are and what you've done uh, for them through your son, Jesus. Um, God, Thank you for letting us come and ask all these things for how great you are and for all that you've done for us through your son Jesus. And in his name we pray all of it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, you're on a roll. Either I can turn it over to you and let you preach, or i got to let you go, one or the other. I'll choose the latter. Just sit down. We've, I'm just kidding. No, you, can, you can take over. <laughs> we've, got people, we've got people here cheering for you. So uh, they, they're... They're clearly tired of me. So, hey, here's one. Here's one. Here's one for you. I'll throw this one out. Somebody, somebody today in our service uh, is meeting somebody at the Dollar General for a Facebook Marketplace uh, deal that's going down after church. I saw this on Facebook this week, and they said we get out sometimes around ten thirty, but you never know because sometimes he gets a little long. So, and don't and don't think that I didn't comment on that post too. Yeah, uh, y'all should eat lunch after, and then it'll go longer. I'm I'm I'm, I'm keeping them for an extra hour today, just because. Yeah, you should. Just join them all. Every, everybody's got to suffer for the one. So. Yeah. I mean, you already had your miracle. They should be able to to continue to be here. Tennessee won last night. So. <laughs> Yeah. Well, but believe it or not, there were so many Titans fans who, who made deals with God uh, last week for that win that they would be here at church every Sunday for the rest of their life that we are packed today. I mean, like, there's, there's not a seat in the house. So uh, it's uh, the Lord works in mysterious ways. I made the same, uh, the same uh, uh, compromise with God about firing Jason Garrett. So I've got to go to church every yeah. day of my life from now on, too. So it happens. Go Mike McCarthy. It happens. <laughs> well, hey, man, we, we love you, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up later on, okay? Okay. Sounds All right. great. Love See you, you guys. See you, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. <laughs> yeah.
never know where those kinds of things are going to go. I knew that was taking a chance, but uh, I just felt like it was a chance worth taking. Um, and uh, and did, we, did we ever show the other picture? Did you have it too? Uh, if you've got, you can throw it up there. Um, you know, I'll just make quick mention of this. You know, listen, church planting is not easy. If you think it's easy, you go talk to somebody like Ben Adkison, talk, talk to other people that have planted churches, been a part of planting churches, and, and have success stories, and yet still let them tell you, you know, what they've been through. I mean, uh, truth is, 24 has been incredibly blessed, and we have our own share of hard stories. Uh, Russ and his family obviously moved, you know, back to an area uh, that includes, you know, jobs and all kinds of things and uh, whatnot. But, uh, you know, they, they were meeting, I think, in a school uh, for a little while, and now they're meeting in their home. And so, uh, you know, even, even transitions like that can just be hard. Uh, you know, think about, think about having whoever wants to come to your house on Sunday morning uh, show up on Sunday morning right now and how that would work for your family, uh, especially if you've got kids. So, um, you know, that's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a huge deal. So I bring all this up to just say, if you will, continue to pray for Russ and Susan, their family, Hope City Church, Austin, Texas, good stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's them, I think, in the school there having a baptism. All right, let's, uh, let's move into Colossians. Let's hit this. Uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 1, and it says this. It says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. So we've got this intro here, you know, seemingly just simple intro uh, to uh, this, you know, this book that we have, again, a letter to the church at Colossae. Uh, again, Paul is concerned uh, about some of the things that Epaphras has been sharing with him, uh, about the things that are going on and how some people are kind of getting pulled away in different ways. Uh, and so even in the greeting, if you look at it, Paul here is, is giving like some very specific things. I want to read back through even just these couple of verses here real quick, starting with verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. So, you know, first off, we're kind of starting off with this whole, like, here's who the letter's from. It's kind of backwards of the way we do letters these days, you know. Uh, but that's, that's the way that they would do a letter then. Like, here's, I want to let you know on the front end who this is, so you don't have to go to the end and try to read that or whatever. And so it says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother. And so Timothy, who's another apostle, just, you know, working with Paul and did a whole lot of work with Paul and, and, and just, you know, one of these guys that Paul poured into. It says this in verse 2, it says, To the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. To the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. And, and right there in that little bit, he is, he's, he's you know, what, what some of us might call buttering up. I don't think he's trying to butter them up. But he wants these people that are reading this to see that he calls them family. Now, brothers, especially in uh, New Testament Greek, we see that used a lot. That is, that is oftentimes this whole like, idea that we are part of the family of God together, the brothers and sisters in Christ. I think we can understand that. That's pretty easy to, to understand. Uh, but literally, that Paul, that Paul is saying to them, I consider you family to me. Now, this, the reason that this is important, the reason that Paul would kind of you know, take this approach with how to address them, um, you've you got you to understand, Paul, and Paul knew this, Paul knew 
that for the people of some place like this, even if he had never been there, and we don't have any reason to believe that he had been there uh, to actually meet them in person, but that Paul was kind of a, a bit of a rock star, if you will, uh, when it came to uh, Christendom, uh, who, who he was in the church. Uh, and, the, and the reason being is because everybody had heard Paul's story. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, like there were all these people that had become Christians, maybe were starting new churches, uh, people like Epaphras, you know, and all this kind of... And, and, and then you've got a guy like Paul... And they're like, well, yeah, these other guys, these, you know, were converted and they're leading and all that kind of stuff, and they're feeling led by God to do these things. But Paul had the road to Damascus experience. You know, Paul was was picked out, was you know against Christians, was killing Christians, you know, all of all of this stuff. And then in the middle of that, God blinds him, converts him, he's saved, and and begins to use him for the for the sake of the gospel. For God to be glorified. And so, you know, people, people knew about Paul. And so Paul is, is somewhat here trying to like say, hey, look, you're, you're as part of my family as family here, wherever I'm serving at at the moment. And so Paul here to the saints, faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, and he's being very clear, this is literally to you guys. And then he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. Now, this is, this is an important little thing here. What, what just seems like you know, the, sim- the simple thing that we have uh, oftentimes in greetings or in, uh, you know, you see Paul, you know, grace and peace a lot you know, at the ends of, of things that he would say or whatever. Uh, this is very specific. Paul is purposefully trying to lay a foundation for this church to understand what is important about our faith. He says, I'll read it again, grace to you and peace from God our Father. Grace is one of those words that we use a lot, you know, show them some grace, you know, whatever. It's one of those words that oftentimes we use it so much we might just forget just how how much weight that word has with it. Because with that word comes really all of the gospel story of Jesus. I mean, if you, if you really think about like what is true grace, true grace is what comes from God. True grace is what comes in the fact that God the Father would send His Son to die on our behalf, not because we deserved it, but because He loved us and He's willing to show us grace. It's something we don't deserve. And so out of that grace can come something like peace. You see... If we know God's grace, we can also know God's peace. Think about that for a minute. If you think about just how important God's grace is for our faith, for our belief, for our understanding of the Scriptures, for our understanding of our salvation, and then you you take a word like peace and you throw that in there, which Paul does consistently and all the time throughout things that he writes, Grace and peace. And here, grace to you and peace from God our Father. I really believe that he's trying to lay the groundwork to help the people at Colossae, I mean just from the very get-go, understand how important it is that their, that their trust in the Lord isn't something that they've conjured up on their own. That grace comes from God. 
That grace comes from God. That peace comes from God. The peace comes out of the grace once you understand what the grace is and how big of a deal the grace is. Here's how big a deal the grace is, folks. We're still sinners. Even after being saved by the blood of Jesus, by putting our trust in Him and being forgiven, at the end of the day, we're still sinners. We still make mistakes. Now, in the eyes of the Lord, we've been made righteous. It says in Scripture that, that Christ has put His righteousness on us, that when God the Father sees us, He sees Jesus. But we're, we still make mistakes. you know. And, and then comes all, all those conversations of like hypocrites, and we hate hypocrites, and the truth is we're all hypocrites. We all make mistakes. We all let each other down. And, and that's the beauty of the family, you know, that's the beauty of the family is that one of the things that we do as a family is that we show each other grace. And so where the rest of the world, when somebody gets let down, they're like, oh, no, you let me down, you're out. You're out. That we, as a family, as a body of believers, are like, no, this is an opportunity to love somebody through a hard moment. This is an opportunity for us to show God's grace at work in the real world. Grace to you and peace from God our Father. We have this intro which leads us into then verse 3. And in verse 3, it's just a continuation, I think, of where Paul is already going. Again, he's, he's laying groundwork and he's, he's, I mean, basically he got past like the, you know, the whole like, hey, yo, it's Paul and it's your boy Timothy. And, you know, then uh, to all you guys faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae, boom, here we go with the theology. Grace to you and peace from God the Father. In verse 3, we always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Now, Paul's not saying we always pray for you. He's saying when we, what's he say? When we pray for you, we always thank God, the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. So, he's letting them know something that's very important to him for them to understand, and that that is that he is thankful for them, and he's tying in, again, he's dropping theological bombs here, he's tying in the Lord, the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Now, why, why, why has he got to be so wordy? Why can't he just say, you know, hey, I'm grateful for you guys, I want you to know I'm praying for you. That's how we do it, right? He's doing this on purpose. He's doing this on purpose because apparently something's been going on in the midst of these people where they're being led astray to believe into other things. They're putting their trust in other things. How do we know this? Because this whole thing is a response to that. You'll, we'll learn more of that as we go through the book together. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. He's making a statement. And the statement is, that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Who is Jesus? Who am I? Jesus is Lord. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. So further, further here, he's, he's letting them know the basis of our faith is all about Jesus. Secondly, we're praying for you. We care about you. 
Verse 4, it goes on. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed the whole world. It is bearing fruit and increasing as it does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Now we're going to have to go back and, and look at several things here throughout that, throughout that little bit. One of the things that Paul does in the midst of this passage, starting in verse 4, we'll go back to verse 4, it says this, it says, Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, Paul, Paul right there has brought up two, two big things that we see Paul throughout Scripture bring up over and over. Now, I think any time you have repetition in Scripture, uh, whether it's Jesus talking, whether it's God speaking to Moses, whether it's uh, somebody like Paul that you know, is writing you know, some of the same things over and over, I think it's important for us to pay attention to what that says. And right here, he says, verse 4, since we heard of your faith. So Paul is making a statement here, and he's saying, I have heard of your faith. That means... The Epaphras not just coming and talking about like whatever is, that's not good is going on, but he's, he's, he's saying to them, I'm hearing that there are good things happening. I'm hearing that there is fruit from what's going on. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, the love that you have for all the saints, Here's, I'll just go ahead and break it to you. Here's what, he's, here's what he's getting at. There's three words in here. Faith, love, hope. Faith, love, hope. We see Paul come back to these words over and over throughout the things that he writes, the things that we have in Scripture from him. Since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. So not just that they have faith in Jesus, but... Also, they are apparently having love for others, and then furthermore, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So, Paul is bringing about these three things, and I truthfully believe, wholeheartedly believe, that these three things are three, three things that are pouring out of what Paul has already talked about, even in just the introduction. We'll go back to the introduction. What was it? Grace to you and peace from God the Father. So again, Paul's laying groundwork. It seems a little wordy, but he's being wordy on purpose. He knows they're going to study over and over again the things that he is writing to them. And he's being very careful to instead... <coughs> excuse me. Instead of just straight up like opening up the letter with, hey, guys, how are things going? I hear things are pretty good, and I hear some things are bad. And then just going, let me just, let me just talk to some of that bad stuff, you know? Instead of doing that, Paul, Paul takes a different route. We could learn something from this, right? This is called tactfulness. Paul comes at this with the gospel. He comes at this with a clear understanding of, of who God is and what God has done. He has given you His grace. Out of His grace has come peace. Fruit from that that I'm hearing about from you guys is faith in Jesus, love for others, 
and a hope laid up in heaven. And, and, and so we, we have this understanding of these things that, are, that truthfully are just as important to me and you in 2020 as they were then for the church at Colossae. And just as important for us as a church that our faith, our faith, our faith can't be in like how good we got things going on. Our faith can't be in our talents. Our faith can't be in anything but Jesus. And we, we know that as a church that our call is to love others as Christ has loved us. Like we get that. And then furthermore, verse 5, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Now we don't, we don't have... We don't have like clear understanding of exactly what Paul's talking about here. Is he talking about a literal heaven? Is he talking about promises, the promises of God that there is going to be something better for us? Either way, it doesn't really matter. It's this understanding that this is not our home. It's this understanding that there is something more to life than this. That our hope is in that. That's what, that's what we have to cling to when on Wednesdays we get calls about our brothers having some crazy medical issue going on in their life. It says in verse 5, Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. You see, you see what Paul's doing here? Hopefully you see what Paul's doing here. He, he is, I mean, he's just like hardcore, just like trying to just like, boom, boom, boom. He's knocking this stuff down, you know, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this, you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel. You see, the church at Colossae isn't going to be sitting around after reading just the first little bit of this and going, I wonder what Paul thinks the truth is. Paul, Paul is hammering out on the front end of this thing. This is the truth. The truth is the gospel. The gospel is the message of Jesus that you guys have been putting your faith in that's driving you to love others and it's causing you to put your hope in heaven and not here. Verse 6 again, which has come to you. Let's go back to the last part of verse 5. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, the gospel. And, and you know, even, even the gospel, it's funny how we can take a word and we can use it in our own culture, you know? But like, you know, we'll, we'll say things like, you know, well, what, what do you think about that? Oh, oh, well, they said this, and if they said it, then it's the gospel, you know? But when we say the gospel, we're teaching about the gospel. We're talking about the good news of Jesus Christ that has changed all for eternity. And he says in verse 6, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing. He's talking about he's talking about that you guys have begun to understand the gospel. And he's like and at the same time what's going on is that the gospel is going out into the whole world. He's not saying the whole world has heard the gospel yet. He's saying that it is going out to the whole world. It is currently still going out to the whole world. And it goes on and says, it is bearing fruit and increasing as it also does among you. And so he's saying, the gospel has come to you just like it's gone, going into the whole world right now. And it's doing out there what it's doing in you. And I love hearing this, that it is increasing. And it's bearing fruit. He says specifically, as it also does among you. He's saying, I'm hearing that that is happening there. 
goes on and says, Since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Since the day you heard it. Do you hear what he's saying there? We hear the gospel. Scripture teaches us that the gospel is preached, the gospel is heard, and that God uses it to work in the hearts and lives of its hearers. Preachers don't save people, by the way, if you haven't figured that out. Which, i got to tell you, is a, great, is a great weight lifted off me. But at the same time, we're also held accountable for what we do teach. So teaching a false gospel, that's not good. That's bad. And, and all the more reason why what Paul is doing is important and why all the more reason that sometimes what we even do in sharing what are false gospels that you know, folks might believe in is, is important for us to share. I, I mean, it's important for us to share because people's lives are at stake. I mean, if we believe the gospel, if we believe it's truth, I mean, there's, there's a huge piece of this. You know, when, when Paul's talking about faith in Jesus here, he's talking about really believing let me say that again, because I think sometimes church people just kind of like roll over statements like this and like, oh yeah, it's Jesus, yeah, I believe in Jesus, yeah, I believe in Jesus, okay, whatever. Let me ask you a real question right now. I mean, do you really believe? Do you, I mean, like, do you really believe? Like, are you, are you willing to put your life on the line that you really believe in the gospel of Jesus? Or is it just nice to say? And sometimes we believe based upon whether it's a good moment to believe or not, right? It's kind of like being a Titans fan. I'll go there because I'll just go ahead and tell you. I'll bandwagon with everybody here at the end. I don't care. Whatever. Hey, and don't get me wrong. I've loved the Titans tons in the past. They've gotten plenty of love from me. And I love going to games. You can take me if you ever have a ticket. Preferably not Sunday mornings, which I know most of them are. But, but I mean, for real though, I mean, like, you know, are, are, we, are, we, are we really, are we really there? Are we, I mean, because the, the faith that Paul's talking about in this faith, love, and hope, it's life-changing. Changes who we are, changes how we treat people, changes how they loved people. It changed what their hope was in. Is that true for us today? Or is it just convenient sometimes because live in the South is what we always do and you know, maybe culture is a lot of you know, being in a church and all this kind of stuff. It's just worth asking. If we didn't ask it, I think, I think we would do ourselves a disservice. He says, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. Let me tell you something. If you've never understood the grace of God before today, today might be the day that your life changes forever. Because understanding God's grace in His truth that He sent His Son to die for you and take your place on, on the cross, take the death that we deserve, that I deserve, that He's willing to do that for us. Huge. Huge. And it's, and it's just as huge for me today as it, as it was the day between my 8th grade and freshman year in high school 
when I really understood that I didn't know Jesus, I just knew a lot about Him. And God changed my life. And maybe today He wants to change yours. Maybe today you trust in Him, you believe in Him and what He's done. Verse 7, it goes on, it says, just as you learned from it, from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. This is Paul's way of, uh, I'll be honest with you, I really feel like this is one of Paul's things that he's doing here is empowering Epaphras to those people. Paul, Paul wasn't ministering with them on a daily basis. Epaphras was. And Paul's saying, look, your boy Epaphras, he's got my stamp of approval. I'm giving him a shout out on the air right now. And he says he is, faith, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf. Some, some translations say our behalf, uh, your behalf. Either way, it works out as, you know, either he's, you know, it's, he's there with them uh, or maybe he, Paul was saying he's connected to us and he, we sent him out, so to speak. It doesn't really matter. Either way, he's being faithful to Jesus to them. In verse 8 it says, and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. Has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And, and right there, Paul is saying, I recognize that the Holy Spirit is at work right now within this people. And Paul is celebrating that. This is all about the gospel. This whole letter, what we're going to study through, is all about the gospel. It's all about understanding who Jesus is. It's all about, it's all about yes, probably debunking some, some false gospels along the way, but the way he's doing it is he's, is he's just as simply as possible trying to share the truth. And you and I could sit here and go, well, I've been a Christian for years, I know the truth. Do we live like we know the truth? What does God's Word do for us when we spend time in it and we allow Him to speak to our hearts? It changes us. It changes us. And the Holy Spirit also works in us. God's grace taking root in us. I'll challenge you to do something this week. I want to challenge you to do something this week. Spend this week Asking God to show you more of how His grace is evident in your life. Spend this week asking God more of how His grace is evident in your life. I think you'll be shocked at how, how much more you see what God is doing for you, even on a daily basis, in the little things, that despite how we miss this or do that, whatever, that God still loves us. That His grace is still good for us. Still sufficient for us. I, I had to throw this in here. Ephesians 2.9, it says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. We cannot earn it. Verse 9, not a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. We should walk in them. God wants good works. 
That's, that's, a, that's a product out of His grace in our life being real. And it's also part of the plan that He has in making Himself known. But the works are not what save us. It is 100% His grace. It is 100% a gift. And it's 100% today whether or not you would believe in Him to allow Him to do that work in your life. By grace, literally everything is changed. And I am constantly, constantly reminded of how we don't deserve it. One quick story and I'm going to close. How I saw God's grace in my life this week. I have a side business. Most people know that. Part of that business is we recondition parts. It's plating, it's chrome, it's shiny stuff, whatever. And uh, I, we, I mean, we, we literally ship this stuff all over the world. It's kind of crazy, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm, I'm very humbled by it sometimes. Well, uh, I have, I, I, we, don't, we don't personally do that work. I have, I have places here in town, have places in Nashville that do that kind of work for us. We just do such large quantities, take the parts, drop them off, pick them up, ship them out, you know, the whole nine yards. And, uh, and it's hard to find people that can do that. We're blessed in this area that we have lots of people that can still do that. Uh, not, too, not too regulated, so to speak, to be able to, to not do it. Uh, so, the Friday before Christmas, I get an email, and it's from my main guy who does that work for us. And he's, he's the best. He's the best, and not only is he the best, but he does... He does work that nobody else in town will do. There's certain, there's certain colors, certain platings, brass links that nobody else in town will do. And I've got a great relationship with this guy. We've been doing this for years now. We have a great relationship together. He's a believer. We talk Jesus. We, you know, all this kind of stuff. He sent, I get an email from him, and it just says, um, I want you to appreciate your business. I'm so sorry to have to tell you this, but I've got to go up on my pricing starting January 1st, 26%. 26%. Now, i got to tell you, the stuff that I sell, is, it's not cheap. It's not cheap stuff already. And I, I'm, just, I'm just thinking, oh, man, you know. I've seen toward the end of the year where things have tapered off a little bit, and I'm thinking, oh, man, we, we, have, to, we have to go up and do this. This is going to hurt us. It's just going to hurt us. Started talking with a couple people just this week that are faithful customers that do a lot of business with us, telling them that kind of thing. And even they said, look, you know, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. We're going to still do stuff with you. We may just not be able to do as much. And I said, hey, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, to the point, over the holidays, I'm like kind of bummed about it. A lot of other great things going on, like really trying to juggle in my head all these things. And then um, I've had my guys have been praying about this, praying for me and how to deal with it, all these different things. Finally talked with him in person on Thursday, first time we talked since all that. And just told him I'd like to sit down and just get some, get maybe a list of pricing. Let's just set some things so we know kind of where we are. And, you know, I, I kind of shared just a little bit of concern, but I, I, didn't, I didn't try to, like, beat him up over it or anything like that. That was Thursday, Friday, two days ago. Get a text message out of nowhere that says, um, Hey, man, um, I want you to know I've been looking back over everything. And looking over your pricing and what we're doing, and he said, um, "You know, I think I've got some issues elsewhere within my business, and I think we should leave things the same." 
what world does that happen in? What world does somebody that already knows I'm still going to be there and I'm going to, I'm going to deal with it and I'm going to have to be okay with it, we've already had that conversation, and then the day after comes back and says, no, nah, never mind, I, forget what I said. Forget what I said, I don't want more of your money right now. That probably seems like a small thing to you. I could easily explain to you why that's not a small thing in our world if you want to hear about it more later. But I'm telling you, that's God's grace at work all the time, undeservedly, God working behind the scenes in so many different ways. To get to be here right now sharing the gospel with you, I feel God's grace that I get to be a part of that. I don't deserve it. I'm the last person that deserves it. But God is, is choosing these moments and these things for all of us in which we get to experience His grace at work in this world. May we not miss that. And may it drive us back further and further to Him. And who, and who, is, who is that? Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? He is Lord. Who is Jesus? He is Lord. Who am I? I'm a sinner saved by His grace. Let's pray together. God, thank You so much for all that You do for us. God, I pray in the moments ahead that You would be glorified as we sing, as we worship. God, thank You for all that You've done for us, but especially for the...